The Super Serious Sports Show with Chris Coleman and Adam Jansen. All right, Adam Jansen, in this week of origin, what has caught your eye on the world of sports? Most certainly the uh, the state of origin game and the NBA draft is coming up and the AFL. What a round. Yep, yep, all that. And you know what's caught my eye? What? Mud. Why am I not surprised? All right, well, let's get started with State of Origin. It returns to Perth to Optus Stadium on Sunday night, and it is a cracking venue. More about that later. How do you think the game's going to go? I am really, really nervous as a New South Wales supporter. Um, I'm not. I'm never convinced on the team that Brad Fittler has chosen. I'm going to tip a New South Wales victory just because they need it more, but with absolutely no confidence whatsoever behind that tip. When Origin went to Perth last time, uh, am I remembering correctly that Queensland were being talked up as should win the game and were favoured to win the game and then New South Wales came out and win the game? I don't remember. I haven't done the research. I'm pretty sure it's the game where New South Wales absolutely flogged them. They did. And Blake Ferguson played. I remember Mm. that because he replaced uh, an injured or a suspended Nick Chotrich. Mm-hmm. Yes, because it was was that after Chotrich got got chopped for um for the high tackle. Oh, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe I don't know. Maybe he was it injured. Anyway, anyway, either way, yeah, either uh, way, New South Wales. Look, obviously <laughs> they need this one because. <laughs> well, thank you, Captain Obvious. Here, yeah, have yeah, this rock. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because I just thought of another sports movie because uh, Jason Bateman's commentary <laughs> in Dodgeball is the most obvious thing ever. Um, look. I think the desperation for New South Wales will get them across the line. But Jesus is a good Queensland team. It really is. Like guys like Dane Gagai and, and and Valentine Holmes, they take on another they go to another level when they play for when they play for their their state. I saw Dane Gagai firsthand on the weekend, barely even noticed he was playing. Mm. I'm sure he had a good game, but barely noticed he was, you, you notice him when he plays for Queensland. Um Really big game for the Penrith contingent. There's a lot of Panthers players in this New South Wales side. I, I and saw a, a suggestion on Twitter that Penrith should go out in a, in a sky blue jersey this weekend. <laughs> Something like 21 of their players are playing representative football this weekend. It's freakish, isn't it? It's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, big one for those guys. Uh, Matt Burton, big, big game for him. Uh, playing with a couple of his old uh, Panthers mates, or quite a few of his old Panthers mates, uh, has replaced the uh, the COVID-stricken Jack Whiten in the centres. Um, big game for him and a big game for Stephen Crichton. So a really big game for the New South Wales centres. Uh, it could come down to how well they play, not mm. just in attack but defensively as well, because I mentioned Valentine Holmes and Dane Gagai. That could be the battle that decides the game, the, the battle between those guys. Yeah. There's one thing that I think is a factor that hasn't really been looked at in this. New South Wales got together as a team and have flown across the country to Perth early, and they've been in camp in Perth for days and days and days. Queensland going over much closer to game time. It's a very long flight, even more so from Queensland than from, from further south in Australia. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just wonder. I just wonder if that's the best preparation. We've seen it for years in the AFL where they've got two teams based in Perth, where teams that fly over to Perth, they, they, there's all sorts of different routines, and generally the teams that fly over closer to the game tend to struggle when they get there. So yeah. I just wonder whether that becomes a factor in this one. You've been to Perth for a State of Origin game? I have. How was it? I had a ball. I had a really good time. I, Does the stadium lend itself to rugby league? As much as any other circular or oval stadium can do. 
uh, it does. Now, I will admit straight up that uh, a mate of mine who was fairly high up in the corporate world managed to jag some very nice corporate tickets. So, You're always in the corporate tickets. Well, no, I'm not always. I just happen to have connections. That's why we call you cr- corporate Chris Coleman. <laughs> but I, I, So where I got to watch the game from, and if you ever get the chance to go to anything at Optus Stadium in Perth, I do recommend this. They have a bar area, and it's outside the home team dressing rooms. And while you're standing there, you can stand there. They bring around canapes on, on trays and you have a nice range of beers. There's a big glass wall where you can stand there and you can watch the team doing their warm-up before the game. And then they run out past you onto the field. And then you get to watch the game from ground level. You actually stand slightly in, in a slightly lowered area. So you're watching it. Your head's just over the top of the fence. And you're watching the game at the perfect height to watch, watch um, almost any sport from. Uh, but uh, as a venue, it is a state-of-the-art venue. It, it is shiny. It is still relatively new. There is, as far as I could tell anyway, not a bad seat in the house. And somehow they've captured it. You know, sometimes you go to a stadium and the sound seems louder mm. than the number of people are there. They've done that. Yeah, okay. Because the game I went to, obviously, in WA, a New South Wales-Queensland origin game, is largely in front of a neutral crowd. But the noise was immense. Not as as loud as, as, as at Stadium Australia for uh, an origin game yep. when there's you know, 70,000 out of 80,000 screaming New South Wales fans there making so much noise. Who were who were most of the fans going for, New South Wales or Queensland? No, Queensland. Everyone hates New South Wales except for New South Wales. That's that's <laughs> that, that's an absolute given. But uh, And I think I think given what's happened with COVID, that'll probably be amplified over there in WA. But, uh, yeah, look, as a venue, it's great. Uh, at some stage, maybe we need to talk about does origin need to go anywhere else because they've sort of got this little circuit now with Melbourne, Adelaide and Perth on the rotation, do they need to look anywhere else? Maybe that's a conversation for after this series is wrapped. Or maybe Canberra needs to build a 60,000-seat stadium. Just a thought. What, for one game every four years? You're kidding. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. I just want the indoor stadium. Look, speaking of of Optus Stadium in Perth, huge game of AFL there this weekend. Um, What's the game there this weekend in the AFL? Uh, It's... 16th placed Essendon <laughs> have made the trip to Perth to play the 18th placed West Coast Eagles. Now, there are some actual big games this weekend. Yeah. Yes, there are. In fact, it's, it is probably, and, and uh, Rowan Connolly, who we've spoken to on the program in the past, pointed this out, that it's uh, actually since the AFL adopted the top eight as a final structure in the mid-1990s, so in, say, 28 years, give or take, how many times in a regular season has there been a round where all, side, where all sides in the top eight were playing other sides in the top eight? So you had four games in a round consisting of sides exclusively from the top eight. What's the answer? Five. Five. That's it. I thought it must have been you know, every couple of years you'd wind up with it. But it's only the fifth time, apparently, since 1994, I'm going to go with, that you've got all the top eight sides playing against each other. And, and, and then, outside of that, as Rowan has also pointed out, nowhere else in the, in, in, in the fixture this weekend decides more than four spots apart on the ladder. So it is possibly the best club round that the AFL has had since it became the AFL. Well, I know the Brisbane Lions are playing the Melbourne Demons tonight. So, so that's 1v2. Yep. Yeah, what else have we got? Okay, so you've got the Western Bulldogs and Hawthorne, 10v14, as part one of the Friday night doubleheader. Essendon and West Coast, 16-18, as part two of the Friday night doubleheader. So, that's so we a... can watch the NRL on Friday night, yeah. But they're going to be two close games, is what you would imagine, because they're, they're sides that are close on later. Saturday, Carlton... West Coast will beat Essendon just quietly. How, how about this for a Saturday? Carlton versus Fremantle, fifth versus third at the MCG. Geelong and Richmond, fourth versus sixth 
and Sydney versus St Kilda, 7th versus 8th. How good is that as a Saturday slate of footy? Up against no NRL action too. The AFL must be absolutely wetting themselves. Well, there's there's representative games in the NRL, uh, for the Rugby League. There is. Yeah, I'll be watching a bit of both. I'll probably be home on Saturday night. She's going to be watching some the, AFL. I was going to say the AFL is going to be the draw card. With, with the greatest respect to the NRL, that's three cracking games back to back to back. Uh, then for the rest of the draw, you've got North Melbourne and Adelaide, 17 versus 15. So close again. Collingwood and GWS, 9 v 13. Uh, close, but also season-defining potentially for those two sides. And possibly the, the, the most intriguing one of the lot is 11 v 12 to finish the round. Port Adelaide and the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah, if the Gold Coast win that, you're, uh, I'm going to call it a prediction now, your prediction of Gold Coast making the top eight it might be looking pretty my, nice. My, my suggestion that you maybe throw some on the Gold Coast to make the top eight a little while back your is Your prediction that they would make the eight, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and got decent odds on making the AFL grand final too, just quietly. You'd want to. If they, if they get there, I'll be a very happy man. I'll be able to buy two sherbets. <laughs> Uh, so uh, anyway, that is um, that is the AFL this weekend. Uh, we, we could talk about Jordan Degoe other than uh, I'm just tired of it. Yeah, I'm over uh, Collingwood players and social media this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm over footballers and social media in general. Um, if I... you were a professional footballer, mm. would you have social no. media? No. No, I don't think I would either. No, I'd have... I don't do dumb stuff like that, but I, 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 yeah. I would have a social media presence. I would engage somebody because they're on squillions. I would engage somebody to, to run it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'd have yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't. Get... I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have my own. I. I so, sometimes I think about deleting my own just because occasionally I say stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, turning to American sports now on the Super Serious Sports Show, and uh, we've got it. We need to have a salute sound effect, Adam. We really do for when we when we unlaunch an official Super Serious Sports Show salute to someone who has passed or retired or done something special. Because I would like to stand right now and salute the man who, in my opinion, anyway, is the best tight end ever to grace the fields of the National Football League. Rob Gronkowski has retired here at the Super Serious Sports Show. Gronk, we salute you. He's retired again. Shut up. Don't take my fun away. You just like him because he's a, he's a former Patriots player. I, I like him because he's the best tight end there's ever been. Tony Reale from ESPN's Around the Horn put a thing up on Twitter. We were talking about social media before. Mm-hmm. Put a poll up on Twitter asking if he is the greatest tight end ever. It came in at 59.41, yes. Now, I was stunned by that. I thought it should have been about 75.25. But there are people who decide to be obsequious. And, who else were they voting for? Oh, I don't know. It was yes or no. It was a yes or no question. So 59% of people were right. 41% of people were stupid. What, like Greg Olson or someone like that? I, 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 there were lots of suggestions. I don't really care. I just thought it was amazing. But yeah, Rob, uh, how about though, how about the first time he retired? Yeah, when he retired because seemingly because he'd been traded to Detroit. And he went, I can't trade me. I'm retired. I don't know. I don't know how you can trade me. Now, bear in mind, at that time, Detroit were not just bad. Detroit have been bad for a long time. Yeah, but Detroit have have periods where they're bad, and then they have periods where they're real bad. Yeah, where they're one and fifteen bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one that, and sixteen. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was closer to one and fifteen, one and sixteen bad when that happened. So, mm. uh, Grog, and I think Grog, this is one of the reasons why why, why we need to have a super serious sports show salute, uh, is because there are very, very, very few people who've managed to get one over Bill Belichick. And I think Rob Gronkowski... He'll be back. He's one <laughs> He'll be he's, he's best mates with Tom Brady. He'll be back. Now... He'll go and be a wrestler. I'm, I'm curious before uh, about something you said earlier. Yes. Mud. Mud, yes. Mud, mud, glorious mud. While we're on American sports, we'll stick with mud. Um, this is one that cricket fans are going to, to, to struggle to comprehend. It is a fundamental difference between baseball and cricket that 
when you start a game of cricket, have you ever been a new ball bowler? Have you ever had the, pl- the, the pleasure of bowling the first delivery in an inning or in a match in cricket? Yeah, I think I might have put myself on as the opening bowler when I was captain. Is there anything better as a bowler than that shiny new unmarked oh, nice. cherry yeah. in your hand? You yeah. run in and you think, this thing, this is great. Yeah. In baseball, if you're, if you're a pitcher, it doesn't matter. You never get to pitch with a brand new shiny ball. Does it slip? Is that the re- is it too slippery? It's too slippery. It's too hard. You know you don't want you don't want batters getting hit in the head or or, or anywhere or, or people behind the the, the yeah 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 the, the spectators. So so in the 1930s they started mudding baseballs and what do they use to mud baseballs? I'm glad you asked, Adam. They mud? use mud. <laughs> Not just any that why mud. Why they call it muddying baseballs? Not just any mud. Now there's two things here. One is that um, it, it, it is it is the same mud that is used all over the place. It is from the Delaware River, and uh, it has been used since the the, the 1930s, 1940s. Delaware River, the, the Delaware River in New Jersey. Even when, even when they move Major League Baseball games offshore to London or to Australia, uh, as they've done, or Japan, they still use the Delaware River mud. They had. A bugger of a time getting it through customs in 2014. Why don't they just manufacture them with a bit more grip? Don't ask silly questions. Uh, they, um, but but now here's the thing: it's been down to the home team to mud the baseballs for the game. Mm-hmm. So after 70 odd years of mudding baseballs, 80 odd years of mudding baseballs, Major League Baseball has now said it is going to require teams to mud baseballs using the exact same technique. This is a league memo was sent out to all 30 teams this week and said there is now an established technique. It's only taken them 80 years to come up with it. (laughs) It comes. Baseball is such a silly sport. At times it can be absolutely stupid. Um, So the MLB, according to ESPN, actually reviewed videos from the clubhouse attendants on how they did it and they found a proper technique and they've issued a poster as well. Great, great. Yep, yep. Um, But back to the Delaware River mud. There is a website, I kid you not, where you can buy the stuff, which is (laughs) baseballrubbingmud.com. You can buy it in little tubs or in big tubs. Um, You can also buy buy T-shirts that say, got mud on them. Uh, And and if if you think I'm taking this seriously, which I'm not, by the way, the subject of baseball mud is taken so serious by some people that books or at least a book, has been written about baseball mud. So well, there you go. this is a, a sport and a, and a, and a you know, Major League Baseball where they pay guys like $200 million to, to yeah. play. Yeah. you got to take the mud seriously. I, I, t- I, told, I told you we did the maths when MLB came to Australia that it worked out that, that, roughly speaking, Clayton Kershaw, for every pitch he was throwing in his career, was on $10,000. US Yeah, okay. Per pitch. Yeah. Well... Not, not, not per inning, not per out, per pitch. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Now, I don't know how much he'd get. You don't know this, but there's. I was going to say, you don't know this, but there's going to be a little bit more baseball later. But that worries me. First, I've mentioned cricket, so you want to. I know you. I know you. Whenever I mention cricket, you like to come up with something. Yeah, the Big Bash League. Yeah. So you're not a fan. I am. I love it. I'm I'm not a fan of Big Bash League. I just don't. I just think the 2020 cricket is dull. I'm going to move move past that. (laughs) It's not dull. 50 over a side cricket is dull. Because you're sitting there watching, you know, potentially 100 overs of cricket. Mm. You only need to watch the last three overs and you'll be fine. Yeah, 27 no. cricket, you need to watch the first two of the first inning, the last three of the first inning, and then the first two of the, uh, the, of the second inning, and you probably know what's going to happen from there. What's most dull, or what has been most dull about yeah. the Big Bash League, mm-hmm. is despite the fact there's eight teams, yes. the final has been won mm. 
seven out of those 11 times by either the Perth Scorchers or the Sydney Sixers, who have also played in five finals, yeah, just so, those two teams. So what? The, the Bundesliga in Germany has been won by Bayern Munich ten times in a row. So? Well, they brought in a draft okay. for the Big Bash League to try and even it out, to try and help rubbish teams like the Brisbane Heat, mm-hmm. who've released their best player in Chris Linson, and they wonder why they don't win games of cricket. Yeah, anyway, right. so they're introducing a Big Bash League for the upcoming season. It's a bit, bit technical. I was going to say, it I ha- confused me. B- b- before, before you go any further, I was about to ask that question because, funnily enough, with the Big Bash League, whenever a new rule is brought in or a new thing is brought in, it is seemingly unnecessarily complicated and very difficult for the fans to get around. So the BBL draft is going to be complicated and difficult for the fans to get their head around? Yeah, I saw okay. something along the lines of there's a players... So it's international players that yeah. can be drafted mm-hmm. uh, and they can either be classified as platinum... Gold, silver, or bronze? What about mud? No mud. No mud. No mud. Anyway, <laughs> is that and then for the there's, undrafted free and agent? Then there's, so there's going to be four rounds, which is weird because you draft three players. Anyway, once it gets going, when the time comes, I think it'll actually be a lot of fun. How long have we got to work this out before it actually happens? Oh, I think we've got quite a few months. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. We've got some time. What I'm just hoping is that we'll even out the competition so that I don't have to watch the Perth Scorchers and the Sydney Sixers in the final Again. I can't wait now, for someone to say, I've been drafted by Brisbane. I don't want to live in Queensland. I'm not coming. That's yeah, it. Yeah, well, I think people will probably only be upset if it's the weather's never yeah. great in Hobart, and Hobart don't have a very good history. The Hurricanes don't have a great history of winning games. Yeah, but anyway, they've got the Cadbury Chocolate Factory. They do. Yeah, they do. They're sponsored by Cadbury. Yeah. That's um, why they play in purple. Speaking of drafts, NBA draft is on tomorrow or the day after? Tomorrow. Soon. Soon. Yeah. Soon. It's within the next couple it's of days. It's on this week, yes. It uh, looks like Jabari Smith <laughs> Jr. will be the number one pick and head to the Orlando Magic. But there's an Aussie potentially uh, going to be in the top ten. St- stand down. Stand down for just a second here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an Aussie potentially going top ten. Are we talking an Aussie, 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 oi, 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 Aussie, or are we talking about a guy who has once stepped into the shadow of the Sydney Harbour Bridge and is therefore regarded as an Aussie? Uh, Dyson Daniels okay. grew up yes. in Bendigo. Okay, that counts. So he's played the last year in the US. He played in the... So you can't go straight from uh, school into the NBA. That no, should be a year you've in between. Got to, got to so he played, in the, uh, he, he played in the G League under the... Um, which is like their young team. They're called the G League Ignite. Anyway, looks like he's going to go top 10. <laughs> There's a chance he might end up at the New Orleans Pelicans. Mm. So they've got the... See, eighth, that's a shocking they've got, they've got the, They've got the eighth pick because... They got the eighth pick because the Lakers made a stupid trade at some point, assuming they'd be good. So, th- so th- they got the but eighth the pick because were the Lakers so... were a bunch of Pelicans. Yeah. Right. The Lakers were so bad that they um, they ended up having to give away a pick that they didn't think they were going to give away because they thought they'd be good. They included in a trade. Anyway, the Pelicans, they've got the eighth pick. I'm really hoping young Dyson Daniels goes there because the other thing that happens too is when these young guys get drafted to teams, you want to get drafted to a good team. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to get less playing time initially, but you're going to be a part of a good organisation. It's going to be better for your career. The Pelicans are going to be really good next season because Zion Williamson, who didn't play a game last year, has popped up on Instagram looking fit as ever. And this guy... Because they were raving about this guy a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. He went number one and he's just... he's a. Bigger guy, and he's he's always sort of carried a bit more, a uh, bit of extra weight. But he is just an absolute dominant force. If he's fit, and with some of the other guys the Pelicans have got, uh, they could be going really well. So I'm really hoping for Dyson Daniels' career that that's where he lands. Okay, okay, we, we will we will watch that with interest.
Yes. And and when we return to our regular programming in a few weeks' time, we'll we'll be able to give some sort of update. Yeah, we'll probably have a whole bunch of free agency movement too that's just <laughs> going to blow my mind. I love a bit of uh, trade trade action and uh, free agency action. All right, the, the, the timekeeper is warming up towards the final siren. What else you got? Do you remember about three months ago... We're talking about team nicknames. I'm hard. I'm hard pressed to remember yesterday, but yes, yes, yes. So team nicknames, and yeah. you brought one to the table that I thought was really, really good. Mm-hmm. The Carolina Disco Turkeys. Yes, yeah, I got a t-shirt from them. You got a t-shirt. I've got a t-shirt. I. I should have worn it today. I've got it. I'll bring I, it in next time. I reckon. I reckon I've found a better team name. A better team name. A better team name than the Carolina Disco Turkeys. Are they? Are they? Do they play in the Rocket City by any chance? They do. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it amazing that I knew where you were going? The Rocket City Trash Pandas. Trash Pandas. <laughs> More commonly known as a raccoon. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the Rocket City. Trash pandas. Yep. They're a feeder. Cl- is that what you call it? In base? Yeah, Are they yeah. feeder club. A farm club. A farm team. Yeah. 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 To the to the Los Angeles uh, Angels. Yeah. They play out of Alabama, yeah. and they've only been around for a couple of years. I just saw that pop up, and I went, "That is, that is the greatest team name I think I've ever seen." We're gonna have to do it. We're gonna have to do a half hour on. Well, on, on team names. I think we're just going to have to sit down and find some and actually get some people on yep. from these clubs and get some of the history or get some sports historians on to talk about some of these club names. I'm 100% getting uh, myself some uh, Rocket City Trash Panda merchandise. The logo's great. It's got a little raccoon oh, yeah, in, like yeah. a, in a trash can. And, he, and he's, and he's ro- rocketing. I don't know if that's yeah. a thing, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's best. Anyway, I want to see if you can beat that. Rocket City Trash Pandas. Rocket oh, okay. City Trash Pandas. I'm gonna, uh, when we come back in a few weeks, I want you to see if you can if you can find a better name than that. And I'm sorry, but the Savannah Bananas. Yeah, no. Uh, no. 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 That's a fail. No. No. Nah, see how you go. Doesn't have to. Obviously, the, there's a lot of gold in the uh, in 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 minor league baseball. But yeah, see if you can beat that. The Rocket I'm, City Trash Pandas. I'm going to open it up to Twitter, and what I am going to do is, well, we've got a couple of weeks where we've got uh, special shows coming up. Um, we might actually open up a few conversations on uh, a forthcoming brand new Super Serious Sports Show page. So keep an eye out for that. Yes. Yes. There yes, we go. Absolutely. I know I've been saying it for weeks, but I haven't had time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, prediction for the weekend. You got one? I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm gonna do this mainly because I'm gonna try and harness my power for um for for. for uh, for good for once. Uh, I'm going to tip Queensland to win Origin on Sunday night and Cameron Munster to score two tries. There you go. There is my tip for, for the weekend. Man, I hope you're wrong. Well, what happens when I give a tip normally? It can be a red-hot raging certainty and... Yeah, and then yeah. it could go pear-shaped yeah. like it did for Newcastle on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, so Queensland. Queensland to <laughs> Queensland to win, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go... We talked a lot about the AFL, mm. but I also mentioned that there is some representative rugby league this there weekend. Is. Papua New Guinea mm-hmm. are at long odds to beat Fiji. Yep. I reckon Papua New Guinea's New Guinea's going to win. Pap, uh, rugby league is is Papua New Guinea play in the Queensland Cup. Yeah, the 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 hunt is it the hunters playing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but New South Wales does Fiji play in the? Because I was talking about Fiji playing in the. Well, I just took a look at the guys that are playing. So for for Papua New Guinea, Alex Johnston's going to be the fullback. Mm. They've got some really quality players. Lockie Lamb's going to be the halfback. Uh, Semi Valame's in the Fijian side. Tane Milne, uh, Micah Sivo. I also think it's just going to be a great game of footy. Mm-hmm. But I think Papua New Guinea is a. Um, I think they're a red hot chance to cause an upset over Fiji. 
And, you know, I'm kind of just saying that because it's a game I'm just excited about because yeah. I just think it's going to be a great, great game of footy. Fiji's got so many um, so many outside backs at their disposal that they've named Tane Milne at lock. And I think Kevin Nagama, who's a winger at the Roosters, is going to play 5-8 because they've just got too many outside backs. <laughs> anyway, I think it's going to be a great Sounds game like of footy. Sounds like the Canberra Raiders. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, uh, I think it's going to be a great game of footy. And, yeah, Papua New Guinea to win. Okay, and uh, and Fiji uh, are playing in one of the lower levels in in the New South Wales Rugby League system. They have a Fiji inside, and and they're um, hoping to move into the to the New South Wales Cup in twenty twenty three. Oh, that'd be good. And, and and I think that would be great. And we've it's one of the things that Queensland probably does better than anywhere else in the country, and that's part of having the PNG Hunters in the Queensland Cup competition is is helping to foster the growth of the game in other areas and I hope the Fiji I go just, well. But yeah. I just love Papua New Guinea's approach to rugby league. They love it over there. Look, it's, it's, like gonna, the, it's their It, it it's is their, their national sport. sport. Yes. It is their national sport, which is which is all kinds of weird. But yeah, it's, it is their <laughs> national sport. But yeah, that will be a very entertaining game to watch this weekend. And uh, we're off to do a couple of specials over the next few weeks. AJ, we'll catch up on Talk Sport sometime down the track. Yeah, I so hope you're wrong about Queensland. So hope you're wrong.